Hello, welcome to my March 2021's PS Plus Roundup. There were four games this month. These were Final Fantasy VII Remake, Remnant from the Ashes, Maquette and Farpoint. It's a lot of games. Let's just jump in with Final Fantasy VII Remake. So Final Fantasy VII Remake is developed by Square Enix and was released April 2020, which is like not that long ago. It's a relatively new game. It's like a year old under a year old and um, for a triple a title that's like quite wild that we've got this on ps plus it is a remake of the 1997 original final fantasy 7 but it's only like part of that game it's gonna come out in three parts i believe and um, to tell the full story plus more i guess of the original game so I was a bit confused at first why we were getting such a massive game this month and I thought oh maybe it's because we're like PlayStation are competing with Game Pass and stuff like this and I was thinking like I know that there's other Final Fantasy games like up and coming like Final Fantasy 16 and um, like the part 2 of the Final Fantasy 7 remake but I didn't know like any release dates or anything like that it didn't seem like there was anything soon so I was like, hmm, that's interesting that we are getting this um, for free, essentially. So it then did get announced that they are doing like an upgrade for PS5. Uh, it's not a remake. It's not a remaster. It's just, I um, don't even know how to explain it. It's just like an upgrade, like a PS5 upgrade. And people that own the game on PS4 already get the upgrade for free. And there is also additional content, which I'm pretty sure we anyone has to pay for like I guess kind of like DLC so that all sounds like really good however the PS Plus version of Final Fantasy 7 Remake is not included in this in this thing so um, if you get this you will not be able to upgrade to the PS5 version and get the additional content you will have to buy the full-on PS5 game or I guess the PS4 game and upgrade that it's all very strange I guess I kind of understand that, like, they want people to still buy the game new, I guess. But it also is a bit like, oh, here's the game, but you can't have this new stuff that we've just announced. It's a bit strange. But then also, when I looked a bit deeper into it, I was looking, because this is currently PlayStation exclusive, and it turns out that, like, that is obviously just a timed thing, and that runs out soon. It was exclusive until 2021, like the internet kind of said March, now it's saying April. I don't think it's known for sure when, but it's not going to be PlayStation exclusive forever, from what I've read. So I wonder if that's a move by Sony as well, to be like, right, well we're losing it soon, let's give it to everyone on our console um, before they lose it not lose it but you know lose the exclusivity so again I can understand why they've done that and I'm not complaining because it's really cool to get a game like that Um, I've never played a Final Fantasy game except for Dabbling in 14 the MMO and I didn't know what to expect so it was really nice to be able to jump in and get an idea what it's actually about so now that I've just like talked about stuff surrounding the game I'll actually talk a little bit about the game like I say, I didn't have any idea what to expect really, except for I'd seen a lot of hype when it came out. And like, I've seen a lot of screenshots of all the characters, but I didn't have any character behind them, if that makes sense. I didn't know how they were going to act or what they were like. 
I knew the main character's name was Cloud, and I knew he had a giant sword, <laughs> and that was it, and spiky hair. So it was really cool to jump in, and like, instantly, I was kind of blown away. Like, the production value is so high. The opening cutscene, like, it's like a movie. It's unbelievable how good it looks. Like, it is full on. I just thought I was watching a movie. And that was, like, consistent throughout the cutscenes. It was really cool. So the story seems like it's kind of going down um, an environmental route, which is kind of a cause that I can also get behind. And I really like that that's what it's about. Obviously, I would need to play more. I only played the first chapter. But it has, like, made me want to play more, which is really cool. And already, like, it was cool doing the mission that we did and then it was cool the way that it ended as well um it's kind of liked everything so far about the story that i experienced the characters were like maybe i wonder if i would grow to love them type of thing but um i had a bit of a rivalry with one but that's okay like they're memorable so again it's something where i want to play more i want to find out more about them the gameplay itself is interesting, so they, like, there's different difficulties when you begin, like, as in most games, and one of them is, like, classic, where they put the combat on easy mode, and you can just use a certain part of combat, so you just use tactics, and that is to, like, cater for people, because the original game was turn-based, and this one is not, this one is, like, real-time with pause type of thing, kind of. Which I actually found quite tricky, but it was also very cool. But it's nice that they have the option that if you don't want to do, because you can also, there's regular combat as well where you are like mashing square or whatever. It's nice that basically if you are here just to see what they've done with the remake and you're not interested in that kind of combat, you can just play classic mode where you mainly get to focus on the attack, the attacks, the like, tactical attacks I can't remember what the name is and then the game takes care of the rest for you so that's really good that they've done that option otherwise though they have kind of updated it to try and I guess modernize it I'm not sure but for me it was cool I like turn-based combat so I don't really know but yeah I don't really know how they could have done it in this way though to keep the flow going the way that it does during this game because game just flows really well it doesn't stop like you're just doing things and then you do a bit of combat and then you keep going but it's not like stop and start you know what I mean or at least that's how I felt I enjoyed looking around as well because like restocking on my little portions and stuff and then it ended with a boss fight which I managed to do and I just feel like the whole first chapter was a really good intro into what I would be getting myself into if I'm playing the rest of the game and that's really good to me I like that I played a lot of demos in my time so far and I know that it's not a demo it's a chapter one but it feels like a really good chapter one to me so yeah this is a game that I would like to continue but I'm just gonna do it in my own time because like I am not good at these games and it's a long game and I don't think anyone in anyone would enjoy watching me try and like get through this game but I think it's something what I could enjoy on my own so I'm gonna do that I think very very good PS Plus game to start the month with very impressed
second game is Remnant from the Ashes. It is developed by Gunfire Games and it was released in August 2019. It's an action role-playing third-person shooter apparently is what the internet says. Which, yeah, I would say that's right. Um, and I had read that it is Dark Souls with guns. I don't know how much I agree with that though. There was some sim like some soul similarities, yeah. But I felt like there was enough differences that it's like I wouldn't instantly say this game is like souls. Like you can't say if you like the souls games, you will like this game. There is enough differentiating it in my opinion. Um especially a lot of the core things that make the souls game souls games. Uh like well, I'll get onto it. One of the main differences is that this can be played fully in co-op. Um, I think that's probably also one of the main attractions of this game. Um, I've seen people try and play like Souls or Bloodborne in co-op and it's really awkward. And, like, and I think that people would really like the ability to be able to play these types of games co-op with friends if they want to. Uh, so that's like a big plus for this game in my opinion is that you can just play the whole game in co-op after you finish the tutorial. Which I think is super nice. You can also play it solo, you don't have to play it co-op. Um, I think it plays just the same, I just think it would be... If you've got someone that likes these kind of games and you have fun playing with, I think it would be more fun. But I mean that can be said with any game, <laughs> so... But the option being there is super nice to me. So this game is like set in a post-apocalyptic world. You kind of end up in trouble and you get rescued by these people and they take you to their facility, their like hideout. And you help them a bit there and then you get set loose onto the world. And that's the setup of the game really. There is quite a lot of story. Like this is, I was a bit surprised because when I heard it was like Souls, I didn't expect there was going to be full on cutscenes with full on characters. You have conversations with them. Um, I think there was dialogue options, I'm pretty sure. And like it was very full on normal cutscene in your face story so that is where it really differentiates from souls it was cool finding out the backstory of this place that we were and finding out a bit more about the world um i liked that it seemed like it was going to be like a hub area that you can come back to um it was a long opening section it like it was a long tutorial but we eventually got there <laughs> um and we you get introduced to like the crystal system which is kind of like the bonfire system so again with the similarities to souls and that allows you to like i guess it refreshes like replenishes your stuff i don't know if it respawns enemies i did so i only made it to one crystal i know you respawn there if you die i never found out if like you lose stuff and then you have to go and reclaim it because i only died once at the end so i'm not sure but the guns do play a big bigger part in this game you can choose from like three different builds of person basically and um they have different weapons and you have like a melee weapon and a gun and um, depending on what you chose these do different things like you might be a closer range one you might be a further range one like type thing <laughs> and i found the controls to be a little bit tricky um i don't know if that's just me but right here was my niggle so you press, I guess it's L2 to aim your gun, that's normal, R2 to fire it, that's normal, but 
Sometimes an enemy would be coming at me and I just wanted to shoot. And so I would press R2. But that is also your like heavy attack um, on your melee weapon. So sometimes I would be like, I didn't want to aim. I just wanted to shoot from the hip type of thing. And I would then swing my weapon when the enemy wasn't like quite in the right direction or something. And I found that very tricky to get. Well, I didn't get the hang of it at all. Um, and there was just other things that felt a little bit off. Like the movement was a bit... I don't really know why. But there was something about the movement that I didn't really like. That doesn't mean that that's a game thing. That could just be me. I also wasn't too keen on the whole atmosphere. Like I feel like the post-apocalyptic setting is not my setting. Um, I don't find it that interesting. I didn't find the enemies that interesting. I didn't really feel any incentive to want to explore or, you know, help these people really. Which I guess doesn't matter to some people and matters more to others. For me, it's a thing that matters. So it kind of makes me struggle to want to play a game. The other thing that's different about this game is that it has some, like, some random generation. Like, I don't know how procedural it is. I know that basically you can do a couple of playthroughs and they'll be they'll have different things but I'm not exactly sure where the differences lie like I don't know if the levels are procedural or if it's just which bosses you get or where the placement of the enemies is and stuff I'm not sure which in one hand is like can be cool I know people use randomizers and stuff on Dark Souls however to me it was more of a detriment because it made the world feel less handcrafted like I say I don't even know if the enemy spawning is procedural or not but in when I was playing I was getting attacked sometimes by enemies that I hadn't seen was there even though I'd just been to that place it just kind of felt like they were spawning anywhere and I didn't like that like I think I much prefer just the handcrafted like you, it's a feeling isn't it where the world feels like it was made to trick you and stuff like that whereas this didn't feel like that this felt like oh did those enemies just spawn right behind me that feels like bullshit <laughs> so I don't know again a lot of these things could just be me but I just felt very observant about the the similarities and differences between souls even though the game never asked for that um but it's really hard to not do that. This game was free on Epic um, a while ago, so it's not like the biggest surprise that we have got it on PS Plus. And I'm happy that we got it actually. Like these are the games that I like to try once and then never again, which is fine. Like, and I think that's what PS Plus is great for. That's why I love it anyways. Like I can try these games and then never play them again if I don't want to, but then the odd one I will play the full game. Which actually leads nicely onto our next game, which is called Maquette. Maquette is developed by Graceful Decay. It's published by Annapurna. And it was actually just released this month on PS Plus for the first, like, it, its launch was on PS Plus, which is really nice. Although it is, uh, you can get it on PC too, but obviously we got it without subscription, so we didn't need to pay any extra. Maquette is a puzzle game um, that plays with not perspective um it has really interesting mechanics it is very trippy it is i found it a little bit mind fucky but in a good way and it's like 
the most unique puzzle game I've ever played. I've been like playing a few, not like a ton, but I've been playing a few first person puzzle games since the last year or so. Catching up on a lot that I missed and like newer ones that I'd found and stuff. And I think this is like my favourite. What was unexpected is that it has a story. Now I feel like the story could have easily gone a bit wrong. Um, as soon as I, I realised it was like voice acting and like kind of cutscene type things, I was like, oh, this could be dodgy or cheesy or just like, kind of like how how Final Fantasy VII had a very high production value. Sometimes in indie games, say, it can make it really obvious when there's a low production value if they do things that aren't as polished. But nah. I really, really enjoyed the story. That voice acting, amazing. I really liked the way that it, like, it actually tied into the puzzle game itself um, very nicely, like, without being in your face as well. Like, some of the um, words that you could read around the level actually were very subtle hints to the puzzle that was in front of you, while also making sense in the context of the story. And the whole puzzle, like the whole concept of the world that you are in, is based on the story that is happening. It's a very simple story. It's a story about... Is it spoilers if I tell you? It's a story about a relationship, let me tell you that. And it starts off by telling you about this sketchbook that they were drawing and the things that they would draw. So then, basically, that kind of explains the world that you are in, right? You are kind of in some sort of strange version of the sketchbook and the cutscenes were all very like nicely artfully done and honestly I just loved everyone there wasn't a part of it where I was like oh that's like either breaking my immersion or anything like that I just really liked everything to do with the story it actually really hit me in the feels like I really really liked it the puzzles themselves also very good the main mechanic of the game, that again, is very hard to describe, but it's to do with size. Um, like you are in a world within a bigger world within a bigger world and everything that you do in the... And there's also a smaller version of the world in front of you. And anything you do to the smaller version of the world or the version that you are in changes every version of the world, um, which is a really bad way of describing what this game is about. But that's kind of the... Like, the, the best summary that I can come up with. So you can be moving something on this model world in front of you, and you can also see it happening in the real world next to you. And it's like, it is so trippy. And then you use that to solve the puzzles. Uh, you can make items bigger and smaller. And it is very, very creative. They use it in a lot of different ways. Unfortunately, they used it in a few different ways that I didn't think of, which made this game quite difficult for me. I did have to look at a walkthrough a few times. I should add in here, I did play the whole game. The VODs are actually up on like Twitch or YouTube if anybody is interested in watching them. Like I did my Let's Try, but I also just played the whole game in one go. Uh, so all the videos are there if anybody would like to see more of the game. But I do recommend also just playing it yourself if you want to. Because it is a really nice puzzle game. But back to what I was saying about the mechanics. So it they use it in unique ways. And like the game then expands more as you go on and changes a little bit. 
Um, I got vibes from The Witness, Superliminal, and then I got vibes from We Were Here, and also imagery from Evil Within too. at one point. I was like, holy crap, this game's going places. And I just, those are the inspirations that I could feel. And I really liked that it could bring those kind of things together. Another thing that I really liked about the puzzle design, actually, was that the game, like, didn't want to waste your time. It respected your time as a player, and I really respected the game for that. So, like, say I would get stuck, but I would know instantly that there are certain places I don't even need to bother trying to do things or trying to look because they would block it off for me. So that narrows my options down to where the solution is instead of me spending forever trying to find something I've missed in places where I would never find it because there's nothing there, you know? And the game did such a good job of that, just literally blocking you out where you don't need to be. I highly, highly appreciated that because, yeah, the game would have probably took me double the time if it didn't do that. Also, even things like the walking speed, it worked very nicely. It was like, you want to get over there? There you go, you don't need to walk super slowly, just go. And I was like, I like that. Because some games, when you walk really slowly, it's like, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's had that before. But this one never felt like that. Except, like, I guess sort of what if you were in a bigger world where you were a smaller person. But it makes sense narratively. So I just really appreciated all of this stuff that they could have taken from other games of a similar genre or whatever and being identified what's wrong with these games okay let's fix that in our game and it feels like they did that and again i highly appreciate that finally for maquette one last thing that i can think of saying is it's an easy platinum if you like hunting trophies um i really enjoyed getting the platinum for it uh basically play the game through once yourself and uh, you'll get some and then the rest is like speedrunning stuff and like little quirky stuff. But it's easy enough to like, once you know the ancestors puzzles, it's quite quick. And I really enjoyed doing the speedrunning stuff. It was fun. So it's also an easy platinum if you enjoy that kind of thing. Once again, another really good PS Plus game in my opinion. And the final game of March is Farpoint. It is developed by Impulse Gear and it was released May 2017. This is a PSVR exclusive. This is a game that came out with the AIM controller all those years ago. I think it is best played with the AIM controller. Um, unfortunately, you can't use the Move um, controllers in this one. And what I didn't know is you can't use the PS5 controllers with the VR on so I got the adapter that my PSVR works with my PS5. But yeah, I did not know that you can't use the um, PS5 controller. So you will need a PS4 controller and you'll need the wire to plug it in so that you can like calibrate it to your PS5 or whatever, you know, however that goes. Uh, because yeah, I set it up, I got started and then I was like, oh no, and I had to find my wire and all of that annoying stuff. But I would like to say that it's worth it. It works way better than I expected. Like, there is, it 
I should actually tell you what the game is. So the game is a first person shooter. It is set in space and it actually has a story too, which I like also was really enjoying. It's kind of all the setup you need. First person shooter in space. So now I'll move on to my experience with the game. So yeah, I got the controller set up and everything, started the game. I had no idea that it actually had a story, so the beginning is really cool, I found actually. And everything at first did not feel smooth, let me just say this, okay? So I had to go into the menu a few times, but once I did this, it made everything so much better. I couldn't like, I couldn't move properly, I couldn't turn, sorry. And basically you need to go into the menu. You can decide your turn and options. I guess you can decide whether it's a snap or a smooth turn. I'm not sure. You can also choose your motion blur. You can choose if there's an icon on your screen. Um, and it just changes all of your movement. And it's really important to set that how you want it. Um, and it makes all the difference to your gameplay. So that's what I recommend doing straight away. Just experiment with the settings. Um, it's going to be different depending on how much VR legs you've got as well. I actually found myself like nearly falling over so many times when I was playing this game because I guess I'm not that used to um, VR and I guess the movement speed is like, I wouldn't say it's fast, it's just, it's a good speed but sometimes I felt like my feet were being pulled out from <laughs> under us and I was like, whoa. So that's just like another consideration but honestly... I really, really enjoyed how this game felt once I'd gotten the settings sorted out. It is a bit awkward on the PS4 controller as well, I found, because I found I had to be holding it tilted and stuff. And that's when I was like, yeah, I wish I had an aim controller. So, but if you have an aim controller, perfect. Although if you do have one, you probably already have this game. So... First person shooter was pretty much all there was to it, to be honest. You have a gun, you have, it kind of replenishes, no, it has unlimited ammo, but it overheats if you use it too much, so that's how it manages your ammo. And then you can get like extra ammos, and I assume more guns as you go further into the game, uh, different types. So that makes it more about the shooting, I would say, rather than like having to manage things. Again, I think it gets more in depth as you go on, but just for the first, I played for like 45 minutes or something. And for that amount of time, it just felt very fun. And it also felt like I was progressing. So as you go, you figure out more of the story. And I mean, I ended it on a cutscene. I guess it's kind of split into sections. And it's very difficult to explain the story without spoiling things. But to me, just play it. I just want to say to everyone, just play it. It's really fun. Um, there are The things that you are shooting will come at you, might scare you. Actually, you know what? I'm spoiling that. If you are arachnophobic, you're not going to want to play this game. I had read stories of people with their first encounters with this game. So I knew it was coming. And it still got me. And I'm not arachnophobic at all. I have spiders living in my house. <laughs> like, I mean, not a spider farm or anything, but the occasional spider, I'll be like, oh yeah, you stay there and get rid of the little insects for me, please. <laughs> so like, I like spiders. And it still got me. But it's really, really cool. It gets you adrenaline going. And I really liked it. Now, the thing that I'm... 
I feel like I started talking about the controls and then I skipped over it. The thing that's really cool is the way that like a first person shooter feels in VR. So like you're kind of holding your controller kind of as if it's a gun I guess but you don't need to use any buttons or anything to aim like the scope is on the screen and it actually if you see my video it looks different the way that I'm looking at at it compared to how the video has recorded it which is very strange like I am looking directly down my scope so I can like aim manually um, and it is really really cool it's really difficult to explain why that is cool but it's just like it frees up what you're doing so you have um, your left stick I mean it's kind of the same I guess you have your left stick to move you have your right stick to move the camera once you saw the settings out that's not true. I've forgotten the controls. Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to say though is somehow it frees you up to have more options because your aiming is done. You don't have to hold a button to aim. You are always aiming if you want to be aiming. Or you can lower your gun and not be aiming. Like you are doing that manually and it is just really freaking cool. You are using your head, I mean this is standard VR stuff, but you are using your head to look around to check whether there are any enemies like around you before you dare walk through these like rocky caves and stuff. And it is just so immersive. And if you've seen any of my previous PS Plus stuff, I'm not a first person shooter fan. Um, I'll play them for this series kind of, but I have never gone back to one. But this one I want to play the whole game. I don't think it's a long game and I had a lot of fun and I want to see how it develops gameplay wise and story wise. So I'm going to stop gushing about these games now and summarise that I think this was a great month for PS Plus. Like quite outstanding. I know we've said this before that I feel like they need to step up the game as much as they can because everyone always talks about Game Pass and how like it nothing can compete with it and stuff and I feel like PS Plus does a really good job of competing with it. Like I prefer this format personally, I'm not saying it's better, I'm not saying one is better than the other but they both have a place and I'm glad that PlayStation is stepping up to make sure that their place is still needed, you know? And it'll be interesting going forward to see how if they manage to keep this up or if they dip because I remember a time where every month everyone was always complaining about the games we were getting but these last few months everyone is speaking up about how they are like smashing it out of the park which is really nice and obviously as a receiver of the games it is very nice because we got plenty of games to play this is like the second was was Concrete Genie last month like this is the second month in a row I think or at least the second month this year that I have played a full game out of the PS Plus and last year, I think I had one, it was Fall Guys, maybe another one, I'm not sure, but like already there's been quite a nice variety, I think they could still do with more variety, but I like they're including the indies, they're getting some AAA games in there, some VR, like, and they're not just limiting themselves to the two games, because I think that's where there was a bit of detriment as well, because sometimes it's nice to have the extra, like sometimes the indie game, is the best game of the month that they give and they no longer have been given the indie games when there's only two games. So I'm extremely glad that they've started giving the indie games and 
they always try and make sure there's a PS5 option in there too, which is really nice. Which maquette, I should have mentioned, is like PS5 only this month. So I'm finally kind of early enough to do predictions for um, next month because they haven't announced. They will off probably by the time this video goes out, but they always announce on the last Wednesday of the month and the last Wednesday of the month this month is the last day of the month, so it's really late. So I still have time right now to do predictions. So the ones I've written down over the last couple of months um, for potential PS Plus games and ones that I would like to see too. First of all, Darkest Dungeon was one of them. Hitman 2 is another one uh, because we had Hitman 1 and I would like to see Hitman 2 on there. Darkest Dungeon because I'm pretty sure there's a sequel coming out. I don't know if it's soon. I feel like it's soon. And that was an epic game so it has been a freebie. Uh, Life is Strange 2 is one that I would love to see. They did. They gave Life is Strange 1 a long time ago and then there's been announcements for more Life is Strange games. So I would like for them to give 2 if they could. That would be super sweet. <laughs> and another one that I've got on my list is I Expect You to Die which is a VR game. And a sequel has also been announced and I would really really like to play the first one. It is on my list. I just don't really buy games. So hopefully they will give I Expect You to Die one month and I will have a bit of a crack on that because that looks like a fun game. And my final prediction was Subnautica which leads me on to my final thing. This has been a long roundup. I'm sorry about that. But my final kind of thing that I want to talk about it's not PS Plus but it's PlayStation is the whole stay at home thing they've got going on. Currently there are many games that they are offering for free. You do not need PS Plus, you just need to claim them and they are free to keep forever. No strings attached as far as I know. Ratchet and Clank was the first one, well the first one this year and that was available for March. Now they have released nine more games, I will list them very quickly. Are you ready? Alright, we've got Abzu, The Witness, Enter the Gungeon, Subnautica, Thumper, Res Infinite, Moss, Astrobot Rescue Mission, and Paper Beast. That's nine games. They're available from the 25th of March till April the 22nd. So if you are listening in between that time, please claim these games. You just get them for free. The Witness has been a PS Plus game before, but you can still claim it so that it if your PS Plus subscription runs out, you can still play the game. Um, Abzu has been free somewhere on PC before, but that's a game. I recommend playing that. It's very chill. End of the Gungeon is quite well known. Um, I think it's Bullet Hell. It's not for me, but I still claimed it anyway because I might give it a try. Subnautica, what I just mentioned, is underwater survival game. Um, again, that's been free on Epic as well, actually, I think. But, and I tried it on PC and I didn't get away with it, but I'm going to try it again on PlayStation because I think I might like it better with the controller. Probably could have used the controller on my PC, but never mind. <laughs> um, we've got Thumper and Res Infinite, which are both VR optional. They have flat versions and VR versions. Um, Thumper is a rhythm, rhythm violence arcade game. Res Infinite is... On the rail shooter question mark because I struggled to find out actually what it is and then the next um, three games are all VR required and um, Moss is an action-adventure puzzle game third person Astro rescue Ast <laughs> Astro bot rescue mission is something that I have wanted to play for such a long time now well 
such a long time. Ever since I played Astro's Playroom on PS5. By the way, everyone, play Astro's Playroom. Oh, it is amazing. One of my favourite games. If they put half the amount of love that went into that game, into the VR game, it's going to be amazing. And Paper Beast, which is an exploration and adventure game, which is another game that I had on my radar and I really want to play it. These are all games worth claiming. And even if you don't have a VR, if you plan to get a VR, it's still worth claiming them. And then you have an instant library when you get one. So that's really cool. I think it's a clever move from Sony to do this as well. They have just recently announced like a newer VR that's going to be upcoming. So again, getting people with their libraries ready for either to buy the new PSVR or buy one now. Um, I think it's a really good way of trying to get more people on board with the VR because again, I haven't shied away from it. It's something that I really like to try and support if I can because it's never going to replace flat gaming. It's not meant to. It's its its own thing and it, it is so worth it. Is the thing it's hard to get across to people that have never had one of those experiences where it's just like clicks with you but it's like you can see so much potential and I really like to support like the development of this stuff because it's got so much potential for the future basically. So I see Sony are trying to support it themselves by giving everyone every reason that they can to buy a PSVR and I get it. I'm here for it. Like, it sucks if you haven't got a VR, but at the same time, these are free games. So it's kind of hard to complain about that. And um, when they've still given four games that have no VR in them and two that are optional. So I think it's win-win for everyone, really. And then also Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition to finish off this really long roundup is going to also be free, no PS Plus required, from April 19th, I will mention it again next month, from April 19th to May 14th, so make sure you get on that too, because Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that I expected to come to PS Plus this year, and instead they're just giving it for free, so I cannot complain about that. And that is it, I will stop talking now, thank you so much for listening, this has been a long one because it's been like quite an eventful month, with lots of games. I'm sure PS Plus is trying to kill me, <laughs> but it's fine because I had a lot of fun. If anybody has any opinions on the games or on PS Plus or on anything that I've talked about, feel free to comment or whatever you want to do. Uh, thank you everybody for the support and I will see you next month for Mysterious Games because they have not been revealed yet. Woo! I, <laughs> I will see you soon. Thank you. Bye!